losing everybody cause they're back again Don't take no mess out the rose garden Jesus, they're on fire They're what we desire The men in black can handle it Other teams can scrabble it How they win that game today There's just one thing you can say How does Scotty shoot that three? Believe it, it ain't easy How did Brian jump so sweet? Believe it, it ain't easy It's the flying dog that's in your lap Let's go to the top now, because, like, okay. is Charlotte really going to, like, I, I, I never know how much of this stuff is posturing and how much of this stuff is trying to throw teams off, you know, of what you're doing. Is Charlotte mm. really going to go Brandon Miller at two over Scoot? It sounds like it. Now, bear in mind, it sounded last year like it was going to be Jabari Smith until, like, 90 minutes before the draft. Right. But, but I don't know. The difference is, well, I know Michael Jordan. We know how yeah. he drafts. He loves power conference guys he loves superstar like he loves like wings and he loves guys who are like really famous and like brandon miller is the most famous college basketball player in this draft he may not be the best college basketball player in this draft but he is the most famous and i i can understand i don't believe in drafting for need but i can understand the idea that they still want Lamelo to be their their number one guard uh-huh. and they don't have any wings like at all like Ubre is kind of a wing and he's fine you're not not you're not worrying about a Kelly Oubre when you have the number two pick. Gordon Hayward is still competent, but he's just can never stay healthy. He's toast, like he's done. Yeah, and I feel like they think they have their center. I think they have Mark Williams, and I think Mark Williams can be a decent starting center. You just got to get more guys around him. I would honestly trade that pick. If you're not going to take Scoot, trade it and try and get like the Magic's picks. Just try and get a couple. Cause, again, they just need talent. Like they they have. They have Maybe they bring Miles Bridges back, unfortunately. Maybe that helps, but I don't know, man. They just don't have – they have the lowest talent floor in the league, I think, pretty easily. Because even the Wizards still have, like, Kuzma's there, Beal's there. Porzingis. Monte Morris is fine. Yeah, Porzingis, Dan Gafford. Like, they have six or seven, like, legit NBA players. They're just not – the roster doesn't make any sense. Whereas, like, the Charlotte has, like – I mean, they have a lot of guys I kind of like in concept, like JT Thor, Kai Jones, even, like, a guy like James Booknight. But none of those guys have done much of anything in the league. They have PJ, who needs to be rescued from there. <laughs> Get him out of there. <laughs> Let PJ be like the fifth starter for the Suns or something. Please, anything else. So are you somebody who, because I, when I had Ricky on last week, he said, you know, the way he has it, he has obviously Wemby is in his own tier, and then Scoot mm-hmm. is in his own tier below that, and then he kind of goes from there. Do you have Miller... I'm assuming you have Wemby and Scoot as the top two, but do you have Miller third, yep. or do you have somebody else ahead of him? No. I, in fact, I disagree with Ricky. Not only do I not have Miller third, I have, I think, seventh. Oh, wow. Okay. He's in my – so I, I have it – I didn't want to – And is this based on the basketball years. stuff, or is this based on – Pretty much entirely, yeah. Okay. Because, like, as Ricky said, and I agree, he doesn't get a lot of easy buckets in the paint. He doesn't get to the – he got better at it, to his credit, and to Nate Oates' credit, the coach who got him – involved in more interesting stuff but he has some of the cam reddish problem where like he just doesn't have like burst like real explosiveness going up to the rim and he's not like big and strong enough to just bowl through people like rj barrett kind of did, kind of does and like i don't really know where the easy buckets are coming from for this guy if he's going to be like your number one scorer and there's always a guy like that like every year i, I was not an rj barrett guy at the top i was not a deandre, DeAndre hunter guy i was a Jarrett culver guy which was my mistake um, I mean, Bagley was almost too easy. 
But even Aiden, I was like, eh, I'm not taking. I had Jaron over Aiden. I had Trey over Aiden. I had Shea over Aiden. I had Luke over Aiden. Obviously, that, right. that doesn't. I don't get credit for that. Uh, there's just some guys. It's just like I don't see. I really feel like you have to be. You really have to order it like these are the guys who could be a number one star player. And in, in this draft, to me, there are three, and maybe Whitmore if you really, really, really believe in him. And I believe in him, but I don't. I don't really believe in him like that. So I have it. Wemby is one tier. And then I have Scoot and Amen Thompson as a tier. Okay. And then it's and then it's like Garris Walker, Taylor Hendricks, Brandon Miller, Asar, Asar Thompson, Bryce Sensible, all those guys. Like another group of like this. These guys could be like mid twenties usage, like all star level guys. So it's Miller's just not. He's not a guy to me that I'm drafting. Even like a like Ricky compared to Brandon Ingram. Mm, I don't know, man. I don't think he's that kind of like, like Brandon Ingram has like the slashing ability. He has like the pull up, like mid range stuff. And to Brandon Miller's credit, Alabama did not let him do that. Like they were a threes and layups team. They know it's is pretty close to an NBA coach X's and O's wise. Like they run a lot of good stuff. And maybe he just wasn't told to do that. But he just doesn't seem like a guy who has that in his bag to me. Like he's not super fast. He's not super powerful. He's got good touch. Like he's a good. He's a very good shooter. Like I. Jabari Smith is kind of more the, the comp, like, stylistically. Like, I think this guy is going to really be great if you have him next to, like, a Jaw or even, like, even like a Luka. Like, you need a, a Trey Young. If he's, like, your number three guy on a good team, I think you can he can be really good. Like, I think he'll start. I think he will be a starter because he's big. Defense is okay. He can pass a little bit. He plays hard. And, like, he'll have his games where he has 35, 40. It's almost like maybe like Chris Middleton. Okay. Although Chris Middleton is the inverse of that. Chris Middleton is a contested shot, like mid-range guy. But, like, you you can't build an offense around Chris Middleton. But if he's just, like, your other star, that's something. But I'm just not taking that guy over. Maybe some drafts I take him two or three. I mean, last year, maybe, you could argue him for three. Especially if you weren't a believer in Chet. But not this year, man. I, I can't I can't in good conscience put him over Scoot or Emma Thompson. They're just two, like, super outlier guys to me. So let's talk about the Twins then, because the Blazers have brought both of them in for workouts. They haven't brought Miller in yet, but the, the, but I I think they will at some point between now and mm. the draft. So, you know, we'll talk about that when we talk about that. But uh, they have brought Scoot in. They have brought the Twins in. Those are the only lottery guys that they brought in. Yeah. You, you, you're pretty high on them, man. You told me, and I'm actually kind of like, we're doing the reveal now, because you told me when we were talking about you coming on or what we wanted to talk about, that you had some comps for Amen. And I want to hear... One of them... Okay, one of them is on my Patreon, and it's kind of it's kind of a joke comp. For a while, I just comped him to a Ben Thompson. It's only like okay. but <laughs> the guy he kind of and I, I'm taking out the shooting because the shooting the, uh, he's like he's he can't shoot. Mm-hmm. So ignoring the shooting aspect of this comparison, but it's just like the way he moves, the way he sees the floor, the way he gets to loose balls, and just like the inst- instincts he has and the passing ability, he's like to me if Tyrese Halliburton was also Gerald Green. Like if you could, if you make Tyrese Halliburton like the best athlete alive, but took away his shooting, what is that? What what kind of player is that? And like I don't know. That's sort of why I'm so intrigued by him. But the other one I was really thinking of, and uh, I I've been thinking this for a while, so I'm not giving Ricky credit for. Honestly, I think if he really becomes like his best self, I think he's Scotty Pippen. Okay. Because like I think he can really be. Now I don't. The size is a little smaller. He's like six six out of shoes. And he's probably not going to be like 225 like Scotty was, but I really think they both have that 
just ability to read and react and dominate people defensively. Like, they heat people up. They were torturing, and this isn't just overtime. They played in, in the basketball tournament, TBT, this year, mm-hmm. this last year. They lost their first game at the end to, uh, was it a Buff? Yeah, it was a team of, like, guys who played at, at Buffalo College. The thing is, though, these guys are all, like, 27, 28, you know, up to 30, 35 years old. And the Thompsons were, like, pushing them around, like, destroying them physically. And, like, they both, I think they both had, like, 14, 5, 5. Like, they didn't have huge games. But they were just so much better, like so much more athletic than grown adults that it was just like almost comical. And I really feel like they both are just. It's a thing that we do in the draft sometimes. And this is this is going to be kind of a this is why I, I had Jade Ivy number one last year. And I still believe in that, although I think I probably I, Paolo is, yeah. is was the best had the best season, but. It's, it's just Ivy can do things physically that even NBA players cannot do. And it's why I'm, I'm always taking that guy over the Keegan Murrays, over the guys who – we get obsessed with this in the draft where, like, if you plot out, like, a chart of, like, what's this guy good at? And you have, like, shooting, three out of five, defense, three out of five, passing, three out of five, and you make it, like, well-rounded circle, that's a good player. That's not a star. Those players are never stars. The stars are the guys like Shea, who have weird skills, or the Steph Currys, the guys who have outlier ability. James Harden, Embiid, Jokic, Kevin Durant. I mean, Kevin Durant, he's, you know, he was obviously a star. Right. But like even the guys who develop into stars, or even like the Anthony Davis types, or like the guys who become like I mean, Trey Young. Trey Young is crazy outlier stuff. Even like a Jaren. Like Jaren can't really dribble. Darren's not even that good of a rebounder for a center, like a power forward, but he just has like elite ability other places. Those are the guys who become stars. And Amen Thompson, you'll sometimes see like people do strengths and weaknesses, and they'll be like strengths, passing, defense, athleticism, weaknesses, and they'll have this huge list of weaknesses. And it's like you just ignored that this guy's like, it's not just that he's like really athletic. He is. I've heard this from two people, the two people whose opinions I trust the most, Mike Gribanov and PD Webb that we all agree he's the best athlete we've ever seen play basketball. Not counting, like, from, like, 2010 off. Like, it's not even, like, he's a really good athlete. He's, it's not just leaping. I think Ricky talked about this. He moves like he has hoverboards on his feet. Like, he just has this ability to cover ground and turn and twist. That's crazy. Like, I've never seen, I don't understand how he's not, like, the foot, like a wide receiver. Like, he's not, like, Jamar Chase or something. And then, like, the defense, I won't say the defense is that level outlier, but, like, Anytime they put him on, put him or his brother on, like, they would play, like, Mikey Williams or, like, uh, well, Rob Dillingham. Like, all these, like, superstar, famous, super famous IG point, high school point guards. They'd put those guys on there, and it'd be like Jordan and Pippen defending Tony Kukoc in, in the Olympics. We're like, we're going to kill this guy. Like, you're not scoring. Mikey Williams was, like, 2 of 18 against them. Like, they killed him. And then, like, and then the passing is... Another weird football analogy. He has the Patrick Mahomes thing where it just looks... He throws the ball so fast. He has some of the craziest, like, vision... It's one of those things. Like, it's the Jokic. Halliburton has it. LeBron has it. Luka has it. Where I think if you sat him down and asked him, like, what did you see on this play? Like, what did you read the defense? He just... He wouldn't know how to explain it, but he just didn't do it. Full court passes, like, bomb passes. It's just crazy. And, like... The issue with him, and I think the issue, it'd be, I mean, I don't think the Blazers will take him, but it would be mitigated, the issue with him, is that, like, he kind of has to have the ball 
that's kind of why I hoped I was hoping the Spurs, if they didn't get Wemby, would would end up getting him because they could just build a team around him. And I think that is the question with him. Sure, I had that question with Sharif Cooper too, and it turned out that there no NBA teams could give him the ball because he's just so small, right? And an average shooter, and they can't play defense. Difference is, Amen Thompson's six seven, so like you don't have to worry about this guy being too small. And like Asar is the same player as him, just sort of. If you took those outliers and pushed him in a little bit, pulled out the other stuff, so he's a little more competent. And he's like uh, Jason Richardson is kind of who I think he kind of plays like. Like, I think he'll be good. Jason Richardson was a, was a good player. Jerry Stackhouse, good player. Um, Asar is more like that kind of next Jordan guy that you always heard about in like 2002, 2003. Right. You know, Isaiah Ryder, those guys. Uh, where a man is just like, I don't understand. Again, like Leonard Miller, how did this happen? How did this guy get these specific skills? He's my favorite prospect to watch since I've been doing this. Save maybe Shea. And Shea is my favorite basketball player. So, you know. You were on Shea before anybody else that I knew. That, that, that you knew, yeah. That I knew. Yeah, you're, you're obviously deeper yeah. into this than I am. But you were the first person, like, around that draft. Like, that that, that was the, the Luca Ayton. Like, that was that draft. You were the first person when the Clippers drafted him. You were the first person I heard say, like, Oh, the Clippers got like one of the like maybe the best player like obviously outside of Luca, but like mm. you you had him like because you could argue is, he's the second best player from that draft. I you you could easily make that argument. He was first team All NBA. Like what like it's it's yeah. <laughs> who who just before we get I want to get into some scoot stuff quickly because now you know mm. it's looking as it, as it gets close to the draft, it's looking more and more like that's the way Portland ends up going with the third pick. But I'm interested in your you know. Your process, you've been doing this a long time. I've known you for probably 10, 15 years now. You've been, you know, one of the guys that like, is yeah, on all of, all, all of these guys. Who is the biggest prospect that you've missed on in both directions in your time doing this? Who Ooh. is somebody that you, who is somebody that you thought was going to be a superstar and then ended up not doing anything? And who is somebody that you did, were not a fan of and didn't believe in at all and ended up being really good? I don't know if I'd say there's anyone I thought would be a superstar. You know what it's I mean, though. Like somebody you were yeah. really high. Some on of it. these drafts, some of these drafts were weak enough that I had like Pok- I think I had Pokashevsky at like three in that draft. Uh-huh. But that was more again, and I thought he was gonna be good. That was more kind of the thing I'm talking about, though. Where like my FOMO for that guy because I've never seen anything like him was so high that I had to have him there. But I, and like Jarrett Culver is probably the guy I was most confident would be like really good. It just wasn't, and it's. It's a strength issue. It's a it's a getting through his own shot. Like that's really what I learned from that. It's the guy couldn't couldn't get to his own shot. And then I'd say, see, I don't know if there's a guy that's like a star that I thought would be bad. You He's weren't like, a huge I, I Tatum think, guy, right? No, but I wasn't really doing drafts up. Like that's why I started doing it more because I I think I watched like ten total college basketball games that year, and I thought he sucked. And then he was like good, and I was like, oh, I must have missed something. I'm gonna pay more attention now. So I don't really think Tatum. I don't know if he counts for that. Because I really didn't, I, I was it was like normal fan levels of NBA of, of like college basketball interest at that point. I wasn't watching everything, not even close. Um, I guess if you think, see, I don't know though, because I don't think I don't think Colin Sexton's like a star, and I don't think he. I thought he would be like bad. He's kind of what I thought he'd be, which is okay. He's all right. I think maybe the guy. This is going to be not a guy who's a star. I didn't think quickly was good. Emmanuel quickly was good at all, and like he is. He's pretty good. Like he's a solid player. Because I think I had him in like the 60s in that draft. I just didn't I, – I do have a weakness with if a guy is like a big recruit, has a bad freshman year, it takes me a while to get back on. Quentin Grimes, another guy who was horrible his freshman year. 
And then I, it took me a while to like really buy him as a real prospect again. But I can, uh, you know what? Really quick, I can look that up. Where you I, can, I can go to my, I can go to my Google Drive and look this stuff up. I have all of them except for 2018, which got deleted on an accident, which I'm sad about. I can't prove that I like Shay. There's nothing else <laughs> I've ever said that says I like Shay. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I, I can vouch for this. You were on Shay pretty early, at least. From- in, in my circle, probably in the scouting community and people you talk to, you you weren't the only one that was on it, but you were oh, the Killian first. Oh, Killian Hayes. I was big on Killian Hayes. Yeah. But in that same draft, I was big on Tyrese Maxey, so I feel like they're kind of evens out. I had him fourth. Okay. I mean, I was big on Halliburton, but I don't feel like I get credit for that. Like, I think it was just obvious he was a star. Yeah, there's nobody really in that draft that I'm, like, feeling really guilty about. Let me look here. Even Patrick Williams. I had Wiseman 17. I feel good about that. Can Scoot and Dane play together? I think so. You do? Yeah. Tell me why. I I think so because I think Scoot, they're just too good. It, it's weird, though. It is. The, I can see why the Blazers would be, the Blazers fans would be nervous about two, having two 6'2 guys. Well, 6'2 yeah. guys uh, in the backcourt. Scoot's just so much more, like, you can say you can vouch for this. I could vouch for this in 2021 when I went to summer league, and Chet Holmgren walked past me on one side of the up, up in up in the near the media. Standing. I was there when this happened. I saw this. Yeah, and Scoot walked past me on the other side, and I was and my PD Web was like, "That's Scoot." And I was like, "That's Scoot." I don't think he was that big. He is gigantic. Yeah. Like I just saw him up close the other arms. day. Yeah. He's I, I'm like two. I'm, I'm I lost a lot of weight. I'm like two oh five, two ten now. I'm like six one and a half, six two. He is twice as wide as. I'm. Like, he is huge. And I, I really think he, he'll he be fine guarding, like... If you if, say you're playing the Kings and he has to guard, like, Malik Monk, he'll be fine. He's not, get, he's not getting cooked. The, the issue is, like, taller players. Like, I don't know if he can guard, like, Devin Booker, but it's Devin Booker. I, I really don't think... I, I, I think... And the other thing is, too, let's be honest. How many seasons would they play together? Five? Uh, yeah. Four? Five? At most, I mean, if Dame's got four years left on his deal, if he doesn't ask out, which I don't think is going to happen, despite you know the latest yeah. you know push to make it happen, I don't think it's you can figure happen. it out. And worst case, if Scoot does look like the guy he really could look like, which is Ja, Darren Fox, Derrick Rose, Baron Davis, even get a little bit of rust, like I think he's that level. Like he could be like a top five point guard in the league. Then you could trade him if you really want to. Right. You would get, you would get a king's ransom. The Nets would not be asking for first round picks. They would be giving you first round picks, and and Mikhail. If he, if he looks like if he becomes like even De'Aaron, like this version of De'Aaron, which is the guy I think he plays most like, despite the frame difference. Because I was watching th- that Kings Warriors series. The one of the biggest reasons that was as close as it was is that the Warriors would make a bucket, and then give they inbound the ball to De'Aaron. He'd be down the floor in like two seconds, setting up, and you just couldn't. He wouldn't. St- he would not stop pushing the ball. And that's really where I think Rose stuff comes from and the Darren stuff comes from. And, like, uh, Baron Davis is more framed. Baron Davis wasn't that fast. But, like, even Russ, when he was at his peak, you just, like, or, like, a guy, like even a guy like Darren Collison, it'd just be, like, he just doesn't get tired. He's really fast. He's really powerful. And you just, you have to guard him 94 feet. Because if he, if he breaks contain and gets in the middle of the court, Either he's getting a dunk or someone's getting, someone else, if, if anyone's running with him, they're getting a dunk. And if you're a team like the Blazers, who's now, you have Shaden, you have a guy, let's say you draft like Andre Jackson, let's say you draft, I don't know, Omax Prosper. Those guys are running. 
Like they, you're you're going in transition. That's just three points. Let's say they trade Nurkic and uh, Jeremy's on the team. Jeremy runs. Let's yeah. say they trade Nurkic and get a, a PJ Washington type. He's running. Like you're you're moving. And I know transition offense is not a pillar of the NBA, but it's three points. And Scoot will get him. And then his craft is like a guy who can go around screens and actually attack the rim and like pick and choose where he where he shoots and scores from. It's really just great. It's really it's really much improved. The only real question I have is not so much the shot because again I think he can shoot spot ups just fine. It's he did have enough. I think some he had some injury problems, but I, I don't know the exact number. But last year, his first year with the G League, when he was playing behind like with like uh, uh, Jaden Hardy and Michael Foster, and it wasn't a very good G League guy team, but it, he was like a bench guy. Uh, he started some. He shot somewhere around 49% on like pull-up twos, which is like Chris Paul numbers. Like that's monster numbers. His volume went way up this year and he was injured. I think he was like low 40s, which is still okay. But I think that's going to be his offense for a while because teams are going to pack the paint if, they, if, he doesn't, if he's not surrounded by shooters, which would be the one concern for the Blazers fit with him, I think. But he just he's going to get to like 16 feet. He can get to it at will. You can't single cover him unless you're putting, I mean, the elite, elite guard defenders on him, which I still don't think elite guard defenders matter that much. Like Patrick Beverly can slap the floor as much as he wants. He's still going to get scored on. It's different. It's just a difference. He might be the kind of guy that you need to slide over like your actual all-star defenders on him. And he just creates it. The best way to describe him is he is a paint touch generator. If you want the ball to get into the paint, Scoot, Scoot will get it into the paint. He may not score, but he he's smart enough to find the pass, and he just he just looks everything about him just looks like a guy who's going to be a starting point guard for 13, 14 years in the NBA, possibly a Hall of Famer if things bounce right. I mean, that's the thing. If you're drafting, like that's the thing I would say about the top three guys. Like, there's usually a Hall of Famer in most drafts. I would say it, it's not uncommon, right? And like. Maybe not the last year. Like, I don't know. Maybe Paulo. Eh, we'll see. But I don't know. That, that's the guy to me. Scoot is, Scoot is the number one guy. He'd be number one in a lot of drafts. A man would have been number one last year, so Scoot would have been number one last year. A couple more things on Scoot. Uh, how ready is he to contribute to a team trying to make the playoffs in year one? Because most that, rookies are not. Yeah, I think that depends on, on where his diff- – like, like let's say it like let's say it's Dame, Jeremy, Shaden, and then like they trade Simons for somebody else. It's like yeah. a star- quality starter. Yeah, it depends on how he and Dame can figure things out defensively. I think that's the real only real issue because Scoot has big. I mean, he's big and strong enough that I think he'd have to try to be bad defensively, but also he's a guard, like a full time guard, and they don't matter that much defensively. And like, I, I the the question is. Does I guess I guess what I'm saying is do you maybe you try and put Dame on the Malik Monk types or maybe put him on like I don't know who's like a two guard like maybe not Beal but like a guy who's like a secondary scorer who plays the two like another team's Simons maybe you put him on there and you let Scoot handle the actual like point of attack stuff I don't know if that works that's the question okay but and so what one other thing on Scoot. Uh, you mentioned, I mean, you, you, you alluded to him you know, being injured for some of this year, and some of the players you compared him to were, you know, Derek Rose, yeah. you know, Russell. Like, 
how much of a like what is physically like is there is there anything that's like a long-term red flag is it all like incidental stuff or is there any is there anything to be worried about not that i've heard of and he doesn't have like the rose thing where it's like super violent cuts he's a pretty like his his center of gravity when he when he runs is pretty normal Uh he runs kind of like a running back more more than he well rose kind of did that too but rose ran like a running back who didn't make it to 30 (laughs) scoot runs like a like a frank gore where he's just gonna but i i haven't i don't know of any i think he just got bumped and honestly as much as the ignite and to their credit they tried to play like a real league team like compete it's it's a it's an nba prep like they're prepping for the nba so he he banged his hip and he, he sat out like four weeks he had a mild concussion he sat out like three weeks so it was a lot of minor injuries that i don't think if like an NBA playoff setting, you probably try to play through, but you don't. We know more and more. Like one of the big things with with long term injuries is just guys banging their, getting a bruise on their knee and just playing like the next day. And you, you got to sit, you got to sit for a couple days. Like you can't let that stuff because that just does damage to your musculature and your ligaments. Because bones heal, bones heal fine. Muscles take a little longer. Tendons and ligaments, they're kind of cartilage, all that stuff. It's, you get kind of one pass at it, and yeah. it's not it's not a it's it's a little of a misnomer to have guy like one guy is injury prone and one guy is not. It's like I don't know. Draymond is as, as tough as anybody in the NBA, and Draymond's knees are bags of gravel at this point. Like it's gonna happen to everybody. I but I don't think I don't know of anything that I've heard that Scoot has like any particularly. It doesn't look like it. I mean, he's built. <laughs> he looks like a guy who takes care of himself. I don't have any long-term injury concerns, but he's gonna—he's—he's he's a six-two guard. He's gonna get banged up, you know. He's gonna have his job moments where he goes up and gets leveled, and you know doesn't get up immediately and has—he'll miss a few games here and there. But unless something else happens, right now I don't know of any significant injury concerns. Okay, well that's no, that's good. That's this is all good to know. This has been very enlightening to me as much as, and I, I hope it is to people listening. Brian, uh, tell everybody where they can get your stuff and your and your draft coverage well, i had to remember my, my patreon's called it's brian j nba we got it below i see nick put it yeah, nick put it below that's my that's my twitter also and uh yeah i'm gonna have i mean i don't i don't want to cost myself money here but i will i do a capsule big board every year and i'm not sure if it's gonna be next week or the week out might probably next week i'm just gonna make it free it's almost done i i want to add a few more things to it because right now you can get it uh, i have a, a Two Patreon levels, you can get it at $5. And it's pretty much done. But I'm going to maybe move a few more guys around. There's a couple... There's a, like guys in the two-way undrafted guys that I'm still watching a little bit of. I want to get a little better better feel for. Uh, so I can go to Summer League and know who they are. <laughs> right. Like the Des Moines Hodges and the you know, uh, Omari Moore. All these guys that I didn't watch a whole lot during the season because I'm not watching... I mean, I guess I watch Missouri. But I'm not watching like UC Santa Barbara games that often. Not as much as I did. I, I did that a couple of years ago. I watched. I would watch 15, 20 games a week, and I got burnt out. Like, at a certain point, I have to accept that there's just guys I'm not going to know. Like the like the, a lot of the overseas guys, aside from like Jurisic, who could be a guy they take at twenty three. By the way, I don't. That's a little early for him, but he's like six eight and can shoot. Like he, he's just kind of flat footed, but he can really shoot. Um, or like the. Maybe a little James Naji, but like the second round on drafted guys, I'm just not. I haven't watched. I've watched almost none of those guys in this year. I'm, I don't have the time anymore. I would highly I suggest. Have, I don't have the bandwidth anymore, honestly. I got yeah. 
I would highly suggest subscribing to Brian's Patreon. I'm a subscriber. I get a lot out of it. As somebody who's not that deep into the mm-hmm. draft stuff, it's one of the things I look at this time of year to know who I'm, t- you know, sort of know what I'm talking about. That's why I wanted to bring mm-hmm. you on. So, Brian, thanks a lot for doing this. Yeah, no problem.